0: Lapel yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Okay. There's somebody here that wasn't here last week uh, Carrying something that they weren't carrying last week. Who was that? Come on Tabitha stand up. What are you what are you wearing? She's wearing, wearing. <laughs> What'd you do Nick? What did you do? How'd you get that on her finger? Huh? You're gonna tell us the whole story, and what did you ask her? What did you ask her? Whoa! What did she say? Good deal. Okay, way to go. Congrats. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, what we did with Brandon, I want to do with all of you. I'm going to pass out. I have about 30 sheets, so you can uh, look on with somebody else. Uh, really quickly, pass these out, people. So everybody get uh, get some in there. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to just tell you uh, action groups that we have that arise out of community and harvest project. But we would love to see as Uh, You've already said, Tim, we'd love to see some of you involved in these same groups. We have what we're calling action groups because I want to be a part of something that makes a difference. I don't want to be a part of something where I I just eat a little more. And have you ever had the feeling that the church is sometimes looking like what we feel after Thanksgiving dinner and we're overstuffed and under-exercised? And so we want these groups. Of course, they're going to be Bible studies. Of course, they're going to be sense of accountability. Of course, there's going to be time to pray together. But we're calling them action groups for that very reason. We're going to talk about from Luke 10, where Jesus said, go and do. Go and do likewise. Go and do it. Get it done. And so I'm going to read these groups, and uh, you can look on. And what I'd like you to do, if one rings with you, just check and give it back to me. Because we're forming these groups this week. We'll have g- groups that will uh, come together maybe in the, in the days ahead, but we've got the U of M group. If there are people that have uh, a desire to connect with young adults. I'm one of those. Karen is one of those. And so that would be a natural for us to want to connect with a group like that. If that is for you and you want to see things happen on the campus, then uh, check that and, and talk to Brandon about it. Somali people, Andrew, uh, okay, Andrew has started a group. They've already started. They've been to a, a Somali prayer meeting, I believe, and you've got a group of about seven people. If you have a desire for a particular people group, it may be Somalis, it may be Corrine. We've got a Karen group here. There are 6,000 refugees right in Roseville alone, and they need help. They come. Some of them come as nominal Christians. If they don't get plugged in, they join gangs. So we want to we reach out to those people. If that's a particular uh, interest of yours, we want people that have a passion to be in a group that has the same passion. So we've got that kind of group, uh, a Corinne group. Uh, ben has an Anoka group. He'd like to reach Anoka. So if you want to connect with Ben here, if you live up in that area, you live up in the North Woods and you want to connect with Ben, you can, you can fill that out or just talk to Ben. We've got one for pagans. Molly came out of that background. She came out of witchcraft. And so if that's a particular passion for you, if you, like John Paul Jackson, want to see witches, of whom there are 20,000 here in the Twin Cities, you want to see some of them brought to Jesus Christ and loved. When John connected with them at Salem, they said, we've not experienced this kind of love from Christians before. Most of them are formerly from the Christian church. And somehow were shut out or, or shut off or cooled or whatever. So if you have that passion, link up with Molly. We've got a teen challenge group, Clifton. He's, he's going to be connecting with Teen Challenge. Maybe providing uh, a place for them. Kids at risk. Jeremy. Raise your hand, Jeremy. If you want to be a part of that, he's connecting with a friend of ours, Kathy Lou, who's been doing this every Thursday night for a long time. Kids 6 to 11 who are at risk, who need mentors, who don't have a family, have a part of a family, have shattered lives, and need people like you. See, we don't you want to be a part of something where you're reaching out? You're not just getting stuffed on the good things of God but you're giving out there's a place called the dead sea you know why it's called the dead sea it's it's got intake but it doesn't have outflow and so it's dead it's it's actually a, a rich reservoir of uh, of uh, but it's it is dead so kids at risk human trafficking We've been hearing a lot about that in recent years, and there are some people here that want to come together, come together, study the Scripture, pray together, but also have a part in making a difference. Servants. Last year we did servant projects out of the project, uh, the Harvest Project, and it was one of the fun things that the students did. We're going to be doing it again, but there are people who just want to do service projects. What a wonderful thing. A Japan group, believe it or not. Why would we have a Japan group? I don't know, but there it is. People interested in reaching Japanese students, a lot of them. Do you know that they're far more, there's far more potential for reaching them here than in Japan? They're out of their culture, out of their pressure, in a new place where there's an ability for them to think about things and to, uh, to go for it here. So then there's a guys group, gals group, and there's other. If you have a passion and you want us to link up with you, we'd like to hear from you. Just so you know that potlucks are wonderful. Every other week, they take, they take money. Some bring things if you want to give money for it. You don't have to. No one has to. But I like to support what is coming toward me. So if you want to do that, you can, you can support it because we're going to eat hot dogs and hamburgers. That's right. <laughs> hamburgers. So let me just read something. Nobody wants a faith that does not take action. I don't think anybody here, at least. We want a rubber-hits-the-road faith. We want it to make a difference. We don't want something theoretical with a good sound, but without real life and action. We would not give any time to something that did not meet human needs, something hypothetical, Hypocritic, hypocritical, I'm trying to make a different word out of that one, that sounded good but didn't pay. We want to be a part of something that touches people's lives, something real, something important, something that is changing people. Don't talk to me unless you're willing to commit your life to sacrifice for something worth going after. We don't want a church that's like a convenience store. You know, you come in and get your thing and then leave. Ugh! we want to get the job done. We want to be impacted, and we want to impact. We don't want talk. We want to do something that shows for it besides words. That's exactly what the brother of Jesus said. If you say, be warmed and filled, brother, and don't meet his need, he said, what is that about? That is faith without works. That is dead. Dead faith, I don't believe, is faith that's going to save because it's dead. We prefer radical Christianity to religious exercise. We are moved by Mother Teresa's who went to the least, the lowest, and last. We don't want it simply to be in our heads. We want it to be in our hearts and our hands. We know that there are things we are called to do. We are so impressed with the good Samaritan, we are turned off by religious leaders who are phony. At the same time, it's a stretch for us. Because we have lives, and our lives are filled up, right? And so as I thought about the Good Samaritan, the thing that would hold me back is, for me, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to stop. I know there are times that I could have stopped, and I felt guilty. I just didn't lack the time. One time I went past somebody that was in need, and, and then I felt badly that I left them because they were stuck. And I came back and found out they they got unstuck. I was glad, at least for that. But people matter to God. And I think they matter to you. And so uh, we want to talk about that this morning. So we've been doing a series, Loving One Another. And I want to get just real downright practical. I asked a couple members of my family to... To say, hey, how can we love people in practical ways? So I'm just going to talk about some of these things. We're going to talk about some of the things that we'll do right here. And then we're going to look at the uh, passage in uh, uh, Luke 10 together. So I made a list up here. You can't read it, but uh, it came from my daughter, Caris, And I really liked her list. So I'm just going to read some of these things. Give $5 to a homeless man on a street corner. Wow. I could do that. Now you say, "Yeah, but I don't know if he's going to drink with it." I don't either. Do you? So we, we don't shut our hearts right away. We keep our hearts open, and God may lead us to it. Share ice cream when you don't feel like it. You laugh. This was a tough one for me because we got so many people living in our house, and I like ice cream. And I, I'd watch them go get it. Oh, I'd cringe. <laughs> Listen, I'm not that holy. You thought I was holy. I'm not. I, you know, I, I cringe as I see him going for it. I had to get over that and say, hey, I'm not an owner. In the, in the Good Samaritan passage, you've got three kind of people. you got those who say, what's yours is mine. If I can get it from you, it's mine. That was the robbers and toddlers. If I can get it from you, it's mine. That's then you've got those that say what's mine is mine those are the capitalists in the world if it's mine, it's mine and I got it I earned it, I paid for it you can't have it but then there are Samaritans who say what's mine is yours Do you live that way? I live that way. I want you to live that way. If you need it, you've got it. If you need a car, you've got it. If you need help, you've got it. In the early church, it said that no one had any needs. Why? Because they just took care of one another. In an incredible way. So. Let's go through this list real fast. Help somebody move. You know we actually have somebody that's moving. Nathan is moving in another week. So we want to find out what his needs are. Nathan you write him down. We want to find out. And I hope there are two people that will help him move. Uh, We want to reach out to lonely people. Uh, When. Erica was in high school, and she was going to a thing at North Heights. I said, Erica, if you want to be popular in heaven, you'll reach out to that girl there. That girl walked like this, and she didn't talk like I talk. You couldn't you couldn't hardly understand her. And sometimes people would just back off because they were a little afraid. They were nervous. They didn't know how to respond. They didn't know how to talk to her. I said, Erica, you hang around her. Erica didn't have a problem with loneliness, but that girl did. And man, if you reach out to lonely people, do you know that God has a particular bias? It's clear from Scripture he is biased. Who is he biased toward? Hmm? Lonely people, orphaned people, widows, distressed, dispossessed. He's, He's got a particular bias. So if you find those people... Call, el- call someone elderly. A lot of elderly people are all by themselves. They're so lonely. Get blankets for cold people. When a, when a boy, 12 years old, did this in the 80s, he started a national program. He did it, he did it in uh, Philadelphia, I believe. I did a little research on it because I was so impressed. This young boy started gathering uh, coats and blankets from his neighborhood. And it just went viral. It went all over the place. Take, Take out the trash. It needs to be taken out. Somebody needs to take it out. Why wouldn't that be you? Why wouldn't you push down the trash cans in public places like in airports? Yeah, in airports. Well, because it's overflowing. Why wouldn't you do it? I'll tell you, because you're not a servant. If you don't do it, you're not a servant. If you're a servant, you say, hey, I'll do it as well as anybody else. Take a, hey, kids, I got one for you. I want you to try this. Can you try it? Make someone else's bed, and don't tell them you're going to do it. Just, just make their bed without before, before they get a chance to make it. See, this is about thinking about something. Can you do it? How about, wash the car well, how about wash the car? Do you know what the kids were doing this morning? What happened? my mom's car. You were? That's a cool thing to do at Sunday school. Buy coffee to somebody. Do the dishes. Text somebody and say, hey, I hope God is loving you today because uh, he knows how to do it. How about making lunch? How about uh, a telemarketer calls and don't hang up on them? And say, no, I don't need siding, but uh, can I ask you a couple questions? People do it people do it they change their day when they do it because they usually get hung up on if they got Christians instead of hanging up on them that that said hey thanks for calling I don't need siding I don't need roofing I don't need new windows but I'd like to share something with you would you mind could I pray with you okay yeah I guess. well what can I pray with you for Wow that would make their day Okay, so I want to do some things here. Pray. Yeah, pray, pray for them, pray for the telemarketers. Okay, I want to do something here now because, uh, <clears throat> Jake, how was your, uh, how was your honeymoon? Why not? Come here. I'm gonna, uh, and this isn't from me. This is from Lydia House, but this is not a suggestion. This is a command, and this is uh, you got to take your wife out to dinner with that. Okay, you will. Okay, thank you. Steve Harris, would you come here? Steve Steve wrote two books. I read them yesterday. This is a book for boys without dads, how to be a man. And then when I uh, emailed him to say, way to go, you got a lot of stuff here, he he convicted me in some of the things he said, some of the things that I wish I'd done with my kids that you have done. And I want to pray for this because he wants to publish it. Uh, He also has another uh, shorter book call about Christmas. You got a title for that one? Uh, The Christmas Story Play. The Christmas Story. Are we going to do it at Christmas this year? Can we do something like that here? We want to. (laughs) We want to. So how about if we pray for this, pray for this book. A couple of you put your hands on it. Just hold it there. Let's pray for it and pray that uh, the Lord will give means and uh, a way to, to get it out there. He... He writes with a real creativity. A couple of you come up and put your hand on the book. That's it. And uh, pray that the Lord will bless Steve. Recently, they, they had some tough times. We've been praying along with them. There have been tough times. Uh, the squeeze has been on. And so now we want to pray for God to do good work. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your love for the fatherless, Lord. And we pray for this book, Lord, that the message would go forth and that many, many people's lives would be touched by it, Lord. We pray that the kingdom would come to people's hearts and lives as they read it, Lord. People that don't know that they're picking up a Christian book would suddenly become aware of the presence of the gospel in it, Lord, and that the gospel would change people's hearts, Lord. Bless. Steve, Lord Jesus, give him a winsome presentation before publishers, God. Give him favor in the industry, Lord Jesus, and cause his, his heart and his life to be apparent to people, Lord Jesus, that they'll, they'll see past any outward appearances and, and be able to see directly into the heart that you've given them on this issue. We pray that you would do this in the name of Jesus. You appoint the steps of the righteous. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Okay. I, I've already paid this for these. Yeah, that's it. Right. they're already paid to be published, and the one is already uh going to be. It's already in the first proofings, and as soon as I proof it, well, they send it to me, then that one will be printed for hopefully in time for Christmas. The Christmas one, the other one's already paid for the publishing. It's done. I just have to uh, get the money for the book orders, and th- and. I also just got a job on Wednesday, and so yeah, yeah, yep. and so it's it's gonna it, it, it's it's everything's looking up, everything's going good. So. Wonderful. Yeah. Glad you. to hear it. Glad to hear it. Okay. Hey, we want to say to the kids here that that we're glad you're here, and uh, we want to say it in a specific way. We'd like we'd like to treat you at the trampoline what park or whatever it is. What's that trampoline thing? Okay, so we want the kids. We want you to stand up if you'd like to go there. And uh, yeah, yeah, the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got do Anybody volunteer as chaperones yeah. for these kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You pay your own way, we'll pay the kids' way. But we want to pay, pay for you to go one of these Saturdays. So, uh, Tim, we'll, uh, let's get a Saturday, and we will, we will pay for you. Now, what are we doing? We're saying we like you, we love you, that God loves you, and uh, we want you to walk through this time of your life enjoying things that God has given you and growing in the knowledge and love of God. So put your hand, if you're next to a kid, put your hand on them and let's uh, bless them. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. And uh, yeah. And we want you to know, kids, that what we're doing here is not religious exercise. What we're doing here, we'll give our life for. We'll surrender everything else that we've got in order to follow Jesus Christ nothing, we got a big house here. We'll give it away in a moment if it can advance the kingdom. Right now, we're using it to advance the kingdom. But things don't matter to us, but people do. You matter to us, and you matter to God. God really cares about you. He thinks about you day and night. And so we bless you with a knowledge of God that you know about God and that you experience God, that you experience him as a young person, that you experience that he is easy to love and that he, he loves you. He loves who you are. He loves your personality. He loves the way he made you. And he loves the plans that he has for you. And if you obey him, you will walk into your God-appointed destiny. And there's nothing more exciting. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. We, uh, I'm just going to ask now. As I see Ben and Sarah, I just wonder if they, need, if they need a night out. Maybe they don't. But if they need a night out, we would like to uh, babysit. I'm sure there are, you'll do it. Do you, could you use a night out? Would that? Okay. Uh, we, you can help, okay, we've got, we've got some, we've got some people, so we would like you, it's gonna, it's gonna get busier, it's gonna get busier, this isn't from me, this is from Lydia House, and we want you to take her out, not to, not to Burger King, but to a, uh, to a step up, you know, to Chipotle. Okay. I want to just stop here, and I want to say a public thank you to Mike, who's in the back row, because he does this kind of thing. It, if, if we can learn how to do this, Mike is one of our teachers, because he, he's a, uh, a giver, I'm sure Su- Susan is behind it as well, that the, the two of them, they, they uh, go and do likewise. They're doing it. Now, who of all the people in here would you say puts in Perhaps uh, the most time for Lydia House, who who puts in a lot of time. Okay, there, we're po- people are pointing at, at m- you're pointing at mother. Do you think she puts a lot of time? What does she do? Potlucks. 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 What else does she do? Um, she so she does the coffee cakes. She she, coffee cake. she makes all the food. Do you ever do that, or does she do it all? She does it, she does it all. Maybe we could teach you every weekend. Saturday. That doesn't go unnoticed. I hope it doesn't. And so fall cleanup is going to come within a few weeks. And she's got a husband that's up in North Dakota. She said goodbye to him again this week. She says goodbye to him every time he comes. He's got to go back. And that's not easy. So there are kids there, but uh, we'd like a group to go up and uh, some Saturday and just uh, do the the, uh, yard uh, fall cleanup. So... uh, could you, uh, could you let me or Tim know if uh, I'd like you to really uh, put that in your heart? This is, this, is, this is Christianity where the rubber meets the road kind of thing. You know, we don't want to talk. We don't want to talk about things. We want to, we want to do things. Molly needs a couple of people to help with her house. She moved into a new house. She bought a house, and she's got to clean all the walls. Now, you don't have to volunteer for a day. If you say, I, I could give an hour some Saturday. I can give two hours. Uh, I don't know if I want to uh, ask for raising of hands or, or how we want to do this, but uh, it, sign up. Can we pass it? Can we put a sign up? Yeah. Because we don't want two people to do all this stuff. So we'd like to, we'd like to divide it. We're not asking you to do everything, but we're asking you to do something. And we trust that you you'll hear this word go out and say I'll volunteer to to help for a half a day over at Ans, or I'll volunteer for two hours, over at uh, we'll we'll see how we do today. Can somebody start a piece of paper around, Karis? Can you see if that gets done? Okay, uh, I think we'll I think we'll stop there now and just take a peek uh, into. Uh, into Luke chapter 10. So if you've got Bibles, open them up to Luke chapter 10. Yeah. Yeah. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Wow. That's a good question. Say it again so that they can all hear it. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, if you heard a question like that, what would you say? Fifty dollars? What What would you say to that? How would you answer that? Okay, that's a good answer. Any other any, any other answers? Love God, love your neighbor. See, the answer that came from this is not what I would have expected. Because it's a lawyer that asks Jesus this question, and why did he ask it? Look in your Bibles. Luke Luke 10, 25, why did he ask it? Look at verse 25. It is to justify himself. What did did it say? He's testing. This is a test for Jesus. This is not an honest question. And I would have expected Jesus to say something about eternal life, something about putting your faith in God, because faith isn't a matter of works. Faith is a matter of works to somebody who is an expert at the law, who's probably memorized the law. And I would expect Jesus to give the opposite of that. What does he do? He throws it right back at him. He says, okay, how do you read that? How brilliant can you get? Instead of, instead of himself being put on the spot, he turns it back and he says to the man, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Well, he... He not only read it, he memorized it. He could quote it. And so now the focus is back on this man. It's not on Jesus. And he gives an absolutely brilliant response. It's a response that Jesus will give on his last uh, leg before the cross. And so it's astounding that he first turns to the Shema. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Chad. It's the, it's the most important verse for a Jew. It's what opens every synagogue service to this day in conservative and orthodox assemblies. It speaks about the oneness of God, the centrality of god and how we are to love god with all our hearts so he starts there this one who is schooled in the law starts with love and then he takes the second side he pulls a verse out of leviticus chapter 18 here's what it says in leviticus 1918 do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, remember that one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So this man who had that all memorized, he took a passage from Deuteronomy and he took a package package from Leviticus, a passage, because the law was the first five books And so he knew those cold, and he took two scriptures. Now, instead of him assessing Jesus, here is Jesus assessing him and says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So Jesus is exhorting this man who came to test Jesus, and Jesus is now exhorting him. So he's a little uncomfortable, because it didn't turn out exactly the way he had planned it, And so he snidely says, who's my neighbor? Because this scripture that he had given talked about neighbors. And I suspect he wanted to answer in yards and feet because that's the way they pasted out, literally. Literally. You could walk so many feet on the Sabbath, and beyond that you were breaking the law. See how minute they were. Avo- uh, avoiding the, the, the bigger things of the law, like justice and peace. But to the minutiae, they were, they, they were exact. So he wanted it in, in, uh, a, a spatial answer. And if not a spatial answer, Answer, he wanted a racial answer. Right? Your own. Because that's what Leviticus had said your own people. So Jesus, on the spot, makes up a story. See, this, he didn't, he he wasn't necessarily anticipating this. We don't know. He's God. But so he tells this story. He wanting to justify himself. So he wanted to make himself look good. Matthew says he wanted to justify. He, he, he doesn't look quite as good as he, he was going to look. You know, he's going to wish he didn't say anything, right? Because Jesus is going to tell a story, and who's going to come off looking good? A Samaritan. A <laughs> Samaritan. How did they feel about Samaritans? They hated them. And that's exactly why they're going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Because although it takes longer to get there, they ain't going to go the way that Jesus went. And I know some of you in the back can't see this, but I'll explain it. Here's Jerusalem, here's uh, Sychar, and the, the quickest way to get up to Galilee, up here in the north, is to go straight up from Jerusalem, right through Samaria, and on up. But they didn't do that. They were shocked when Jesus did. They were shocked when Jesus stopped. Jesus had to send them off to get hamburgers so that he could talk to a woman from Samaria so he could get them out of the way. All they were interested was food. He was interested in the harvest. And so he sent them away. But here they are going this way. They would go down 17-mile stretch to Jericho. And then they'd turn and they'd go north up the... Uh, Jordan Valley and that's the way they get there this is the lowest place on the face of the earth by the way the lowest place so you're going down and it's a, a it's a deserted place so you wouldn't be surprised if somebody gets bumped off by robbers so he says a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and they're thinking yep know it well When he fell into the hands of robbers. Oh, too bad. That happens. That especially happens along that road. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Fortunately, we might add, a priest happened to be going down the same road. So, priest had come from Jerusalem, maybe to do his duty, his religious duty. He's ceremonious, ceremoniously clean, and now he's going that way. Fortunately for the victim a priest is coming by a religious man a lover of God Why would he go by the other side? Do not what? That could be a good reason for him because then he'd have to go back to Jerusalem He'd have to he'd have to take some time to get clean again. You touch a dead person He doesn't know if he's dead. He doesn't know if the robbers are there. You know, there's a lot of reasons for not stopping right? There's a lot of reasons for you not doing what you're called to do. There's a lot of reasons for me. I can come up with him if I try hard enough for not meeting human need. And he, he came up with him. He passed by. Oh, good. There's a Levite. He's not to the level. He's not a son of Aaron, but he's a son of Levi. And he's a Levite. He's a servant in the temple. When he came to that place and saw him, oh, my. Ofer two. Bad luck for the Levite. But a Samaritan, when he said that word, they shuddered. (gasps) He's not going to. You don't suppose. He just used the S word. Jesus made up this brilliant story on the spot to tell us how important it is to be available to meet human need, that people matter to God. It doesn't talk about bring the guy to Christ. It talks about meeting his need. J- John, the one who speaks most about love per capita, perverse, said, Dear children, let us not love in word and in speech, but in deed and in truth. I'm convicted. I want to do more. Then say, I love you. See, if God from heaven said, I love you, I love you. Romans 5 eight said, but God demonstrated his love to us. In that, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did more than speak. See, what John is saying, God is living out. Do you know what it says about Jesus. Acts 10 says that he went 38 says that he went about doing good you can do that you are good at doing good he went about doing good and healing all that were afflicted with sickness because God was with him it says so I want to do that don't you don't you want to go about doing good We're not going out witnessing, we're going out loving. There's a huge difference. The Bible says the love of Christ compels us. And so when we're going out, when we're stopping, we're not stopping to get a notch. Oh, God forbid. We're not stopping because we feel guilty. Sometimes talking about the harvest makes people weird. It makes people be less than human. It makes people be strange. This is the most human thing we can do is meet human need as we see it and see what God does. Simply love that person or those people. Here's a Samaritan showing love, came to where the man was. When he saw him, he took pity. I don't like the word pity because we have denigrated that word pity. It's actually the strongest word used in the Greek for human emotion. Do you have that in, in present day Greek? It It's you feel it in your liver, in your, in your gut. You feel deeply. He was feeling for this person. He saw it and he felt something. Oh God, allow us to feel things, to feel it in our gut so that we take time to stop. Kids, you can do this at school. Because there are so many kids. I've heard about some of the Harvest Project kids and how they were bullied as kids. I'm so thankful that we're doing something about bullies today that we didn't do 20 years ago. It's very sad for kids. There's one guy telling me, I hated recess. Well, recess is the best time, right? But this kid hated recess because he got bullied by the other kids. I hope it makes you mad. And I hope if any of you kids see that, that you'll do something about it so that kids don't let other kids bully them, make fun of them, and make life miserable for them. God is interested in that. God has, God has an opinion about what's going on there. He took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, took him to an inn, took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins, gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. I think God would give it back to a person like that that would give it away. Wouldn't you think so? Wouldn't you think? You know, Lauren Cunningham said that we shovel it out the front. God shovels it in the back. His shovel is bigger than our shovel. And so if you find yourself with a generosity toward people in need, God will repay you because he will be a debtor to no man and he will give. If you give, he will give and he will give give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, pouring over for the measure you give will be the measure you get back. I'd like to challenge God with that one. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say, okay, try this one, God. You, you, you return this one. Okay, end of story. Then he looks at the guy, and he says, okay, we're almost done here. He looks at the guy, and he says, we've got three people. We've got, uh, which one? Do you notice his answer? What did he say? What didn't he say? <laughs> See, he's not even going to use that S word. He, he didn't even have enough guts to say, well, clearly the Samaritan. He was now on the spot, and all the Pharisees, all the religious people that were there, because Jesus had told a story about religious people, who have nice ceremony, who have nice ritual, who go up to Jerusalem on their way back instead of meeting human need. They're too busy about their own ceremonies to get involved with human need. And they pass by on the other side. Jesus nailed them, and there was nothing he could say. And he says, the man who showed mercy. Here's Jesus now, his second exhortation. He's in charge of this whole thing. The guy came to test him. Don't test Jesus. That's one, one thing. Don't try to test it. Go. Listen to this. Go and preach it on Sunday morning. Go and have a study committee and talk together about the needs of the poor. Go and meet with the community and see how you could raise the level of people who have been uh, victimized. Jesus is so downright practical. What does he say? Everybody say it. Go and do it. The most important word in this whole thing is the word "do." It occurs three times. The words it comes in the beginning. What what must I do? So he's on the do part. So what does Jesus do? Okay, want to talk about do? I'll talk about do. Then Jesus says, "Do this, and you will live." Now he says. Go and do. I just want to say that to you this morning. Go and do. I want to pray with you that as we're talking about this matter of love, real love, practical love, that something catches your heart and catches mine and that we'll become good at thinking about others beyond ourselves. When the director of Salvation Army many decades ago was held up uh, on a train and could not get to his appointment. He was to speak at this convention and he couldn't get there. He wired ahead his message. It was one word. Others. Paul was bold enough to say, Think of others better than yourself. Hey, that's a trick. That's a challenge. I want to pray for you as I pray for myself. As we close, after I pray, I'd like you to spin around to somebody near you and pray something of this message into, into your heart or into your neighbor. I really hope that I get better at this and that you get better at this that uh, I'll get on the phone and call some elderly person that needs a call. I did that telemarketing thing once with a guy named Frank. And at the end of it, he said, you just made my day. You made my week. You made my month. Because he had people hanging up on him. And don't you feel sorry for people? He didn't, he didn't like his job. He wanted to get another job. That's what I prayed for. I don't know if he did. But let's just slow down long enough to see the needs of people. There are needs right here, by the way. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could say there is not a need among them? That's what they said in the early church. Thank you, Father, that you sent your son Jesus as a demonstration not as a doctrine, but to demonstrate the greatness of your love and that you love people, that people matter to you, and that Monday may matter more than Sunday, and that what we do may, may, may mean a risk, but we're going to take it. And we're going to accumulate deeds of kindness and won't even know the impact that the Lord will allow us to have on others on their day or their life. We'll know in heaven. Some of them will get emotionally healed. Some of them will get physically healed. Some of them, two years later, will come to know Jesus because of something that you did in a moment, maybe at at the cash register box, maybe pumping gas, or maybe texting somebody. Talked to somebody recently who got a text, made their day. Teach us how to do it. I want you to look at me for a moment because I'm going to give you peace. This is not just a way to end a service. It's not a convenient way to get you out of here. It's, it's a way to impart the peace of the living God so that you can do what we just talked about. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious unto you. The Lord, look upon you with his favor. That's pretty cool. And give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Turn to, turn to the person next to you. Pray something. Pray something. We'll have people up in front that can pray for you. If some of our prayer ministers can be available up in front so that we can pray, God is touching your heart in a specific way and you want it brought home with a, with a prayer, that would be good.